The reading is taken from Psalm 65. Praise awaits you, O God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. O you who hear prayer, to you all men will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness, O God our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. Those living far away fear your wonders, where morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it, you enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with corn, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the desert overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with corn. They shout for joy and sing. This is the word of the Lord. Right, thank you, thank you, Christine, for the reading. And so today we are here to celebrate the Harvest Sunday. So for those who are, who, who you are not familiar what um, Harvest Sunday is, so it is a festival um, celebrated in UK about giving thanks for a successful crop yield over the years as the winters to approach. So therefore, one of the key essence for this festival, it's about Thanksgiving. So right now, before I jump into the message, I, I would like to invite all of you to talk to someone next to you. So what have you been experiencing in the previous week about God's generosity or God's provision or God's grace? So I'm going to give you like 30 minutes to one, one, one minute to, to, to talk about Oh, sorry. 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, 30 seconds to one minute to talk to someone next to you about what you have been experiencing, God's mercy, God's grace, and God's generosity. So I think every one of us would agree that Thanksgiving um, plays a vital part in our Christian faith. So, as a Christian, we give thanks for different reasons. And no matter what reasons behind, so it is a theological work whose subject is God, not ourselves. So although, although most of us in this church are no longer farm in li- for, for a living, so there are still a lot of things that we could give thanks to God. And even though we're in the midst of turmoil or struggling. So today we are going to talk about Psalm 65, which some of the people would call it a psalm of thanksgiving, and while the other would call it a harvest psalm. 
So I hope that through this piece of psalm and today's message, we are not only going to we are not only going to learn about um, what to give thanks to God, about God's abundant grace, but also how we're going to respond to God's grace. So before, like what I said before, some of the people said this is a psalm of thanksgiving. So when I'm preparing this message for today, I just found that there's at least three different ways to interpret the usage of this psalm. So in today's message, I would like to try something different. Rather than breaking these pieces of psalm into different parts and going into the verses and go into the details, so today I would like to focus in the big picture. So I'll bring you three different perspectives in this Psalm 65 interpretation. And throughout these different perspectives, it gives us different reasons and gives us different focus on how and why we need to give thanks to our God. So the first one, the most straightforward interpretation would be, this is a piece of Psalm for harvest. And we give thanks and praise to God because God's provision and his generosity. So people are struggling, uh, uh, suggesting to, so this piece of psalm will be sung in one of those three harvest festivals in the ancient Israel, which is the Passover, the Pentecost, and also the Tabernacles. When the Israelis experience the richness of God, which means how God protects them from from, from people or from life-threatening powers of, or incidents, bring priests or, or flourish the, the, the promised land so that they could experience this kind of material blessing from God. And then they were called to celebrate God's abundance, grace, and provision. So this piece of psalm let us know God didn't stop working after he created the whole world. He loves he maintains, he preserves his own creation and his own chosen people, and sometimes intervenes in order to bring peace and protection and turning all these chaos back into order. Like what I've said before, uh, as for today, I think many, 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 many of us in, in this church are not farm of, li- not, not farm of living. So we are less depending on these unpredictable nature. But rather than that, we're more depending on our own strength and our own knowledge. So sometimes we will just easily be forgotten to give credit to God and on what we have. Or sometimes we've stolen God's glory to be our glory. So this piece of Psalms help us to turn our eye back to God himself. So in a lot of Psalms in the Bible, there is a very common structure among different pieces of Psalm, which is like that. So sometimes these kind of Psalmists will give an instruction to the people. So we call it the call of worship. And then after that phrase, that call of worship, so he will add on something, which is called about the reason why we worship. So these very common structures also appeared in this piece of psalm. So you could just briefly take a look at this piece of psalm. Look at the subject of this psalm. It's not about me. It's about you, which is God himself. So you could see in this piece of psalm, 
throughout this piece of psalm, you who, who answer the prayers, you forgive our transgressions, you answer with awesome and righteous deeds, you care, you enrich, you drench, you soften, you crown, etc., etc. So, brother and sister, it's not about ourselves. It's all about God. So God is just like the backbone of everything. Without Him, everything will just fall apart. Similar to nowadays life, we give thanks because we know that God is our ultimate provider. He provides us our daily bread and our needs. So brother and sister, ready for the second interpretation? So some of the people suggest that this piece of psalm is a psalm of reorientation. So we give thanks and praise to God because God's forgiveness and his faithfulness. So from this piece of psalm, like in verse 3 and 4 and verse 7, the psalmist mentioned about our sins and transgressions. And it is also about the God's power over the earthly power and turmoil of the nations. So it means that the reason behind the psalmist mentioned about these phrases, it's because maybe the Israelis, they had gone astray and rebellious against God. And therefore, as a result, they experienced God's punishment in return, either a drowned or a war. In the midst of the suffering, these chosen people repent and call for God's mercy. And then God just demonstrate his mighty power over these chaotic and life-threatening power and turning these chaos back to life again and back to order. So finally, God just restored everything and brought peace and bountiful blessings back to the nations again. So, brothers and sisters, the bad time was over and it's all good again. So therefore, it is the reason why to celebrate the goodness of God. And therefore, this piece of psalm was written to call these Israelis to worship God for his abundant grace, for his forgiveness, and for his faithfulness. I think none of us will call ourselves a perfect, a perfect person and deserve Jesus' salvation. But looking back to our own life and histories, like what David said, we all struggle, no matter it is big things or more small things. Maybe sometimes we do things which is not good, or sometimes we don't do things in the right way. By nature, according to the Bible, we are all sinners. We, and we, not, we cannot claim ourselves as righteousness. But because of God's love and mercy, our sin was forgiven because of the cross of Jesus. By God's grace, through, through the atonement God provides, so we can now enjoy all these blessings that come with be, being in the very presence of God. So these forgiveness enable us to enjoy the full communion with God. I remember uh, Louis Griffin shared a testimony with me. So before the summer, um, the, the Sunday Night Live, the leaders team uh, with these young people, we attend the um, Everest, Everest Climbing Challenge in order to, to uh, help the fundraising for, for, for Yeldo Manor. 
I remember during that、um, climbing event, I saw there is a guy with a, a little boy. So at the very beginning, I just thought that oh, they might be one of the volunteers of Yeldon Manor. But after the event, Louise she sent me a message and a photo with a testimony. And I finally realized that that man he's one of the residents in the Yeldon Manor. And then I just click on the YouTube to 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 hear about his testimony. So testimony is about、uh, this this gentleman. He he was a get addicted to drugs. So at the very beginning, he enjoyed that feeling that the drug thing brought brought him. But however, behind that pressure, that pressure,、uh, uh, there is some consequence, and it brought damage to his family, especially his little boy. One day, when he received a letter from his mother, he started to realize that he needed to make some changes. Later on, with the help with 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 his two two lovely friends, he is able to get into Yeldon Manor to to a re, re, rehab program. At the very beginning, he was lacking self worth and racked with guilt and shame, but because of the love of Jesus. With the accompany and the support of the Yeldon Manor staff, his life began to transform. When he encountered the love of Jesus, he found his identity, and he he no longer condemned his guilt by guilt and shame. And later on, his broken families, that relationship began to restore bit by bit. So, brother and sister, what a lovely testimony! So we clearly know that from the moment we encounter Jesus and repent from our sins, transformations and new life start right there. So every one of us could give thanks because of God's forgiveness and reorientation. So you may find that I'm still not satisfied with these two 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 interpretation, because it seems that the first two interpretations is too perfect. It's too idealistic, because it seems like I'm still living in a in a broken world, where there's endless war and conflicts all over the places, in North Korea, in Ukraine, in Russia, in Pakistan, just everywhere in the world. So people are just still suffering from sin, from our witnesses, and addiction. No matter how hard I pray. I'm still struggling in those kind of situation, and these kind of situation is still the same. Sufferings and weaknesses still exist. So how how could I give thanks to Jesus for His generosity? So, brother and sister, I hope that these third explanations could give you the comfort. From the eschatological point of view, this is a psalm of hope. Some of the Bible scholars suggest that this piece of Psalm, Psalm 65, is a picture of the goodness that is coming in the new heaven and new earth. So Jesus raised from death and conquered the power of sin and brought victory over the devil. So Father God has already begun the work of reconciliation through the cross of Jesus. However, God's work is not done yet. So we call this situation already, but not yet. 
So this world in this moment is not yet renewed and transformed because God's time has not come yet and his gospel is still yet to be preached among all nations. So under this already but not yet moment, so we are still experience sin and suffering. But on the other hand, from the from the eschatological point of view, so God gave us the hope because Jesus had already won the battle. And all we need to do is to trust for God's faithfulness and trust that God is still at work and he answers prayers. And he will fulfill his purpose in our life and his work will be done in according to his own will and his own time. And this beautiful piece of psalm just reminds us God's promise. And he gave us, it gave us hope and power to press on during the midst of turmoil. It gives us hope that God is not only like reconciliated with us as an individual. His work will be continued to extend to all nations, including our enemies. People will be rejoiced when God brings peace and justice towards the earth and the entire creation world will eventually experience renewal and transformation. Like the end of this uh, piece of psalm, from verse 9 to verse 13, fifth, uh, fifth, uh, 13 it is beautifully written, and this flourishing sin reminds us the faithful promises and abundant grace God is going to bring us in a new heaven and a new earth. So it is like the life, life of Paul. He experienced a lot of ups and downs in his life. In the midst of the, the prosecutions and the throne um, in the flesh but was not removed, he perseverance till the end because he believed that the reward is great. And he believed that God's faithful promises and the abundant grace. And these promises and the abundant grace is the driving force for Paul, for his perseverance. So in conclusion of today's message, so we could see that the Psalm 65 teaches different reasons to give thanks and praise to Jesus and to God. So first thing we learned that this could be a psalm of harvest. We give thanks and praise God because of God's provision and his faithfulness and his generosity. And the second is it could be the psalm of reorientation. We give thanks and praise to God because we experience God's forgiveness and his faithfulness. And from an eschatological point of view, this could also be a psalm of hope. We're like hoping there is something way, way better which is coming in our life. Regardless which interpretation we go for, so we can see all these interpretations share one similarity. So it is all about when people experience God's abundance grace, His mightiness and His provision, or we put our trust in God's faithfulness, we can give thanks and celebrate God's goodness and His kind acts, both from the past in the future, or with an attendance, anticipation of God's future providential blessings as well. 
So therefore, whatever what situation right now we are in, no matter you are living in an abundant life without any lacking in material possessions, or we, we are still in the midst of turmoil, or we are still struggling in some, some something, or we, we are still fed up with our own weaknesses in life, and we are looking forward to a life transformation to be happened, we can still find a reason to praise and to give thanks to God, because God will never fail us, and He is the source of all goodness in our life. So at the end of this half a Sunday service, I hope that every one of us could find our own reasons to praise and give thanks to God. And most importantly, what could we do in return to God's abundance grace? Other than offering our presence, our praise, our thanksgiving to God, brother and sister, we, ourselves, is to harvest. Are we prepared to offer our life to our Lord Jesus? Let us share one of the uh, Bible words with you to end today's message, which is in the book of Romans, to encourage each other about how we are going to live a life of worship. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not confirm, do not confirm to the pattern of this world, but, do, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you and we acknowledge that you are the God of goodness. You are the God of grace. In you, there's food of mercy. God, we just want to give thanks for your provision, for our daily bread, and for the grace and forgiveness we've experienced. God, we just pray that you're going to, hip, you're going to help us to live out a life of worship, to glorify you in every day. God, we, we would also like to pray for every one of us, no matter what kind of situation we are in. We would, we would like to especially pray for those brothers and sisters who are right now in the midst of turmoil, who are struggling, who felt fed up with our own weaknesses. God, we just pray that you're going to give us hope through this piece of psalm. May this beautiful piece of psalm and picture become our comfort. And we just pray that you are going to give us power to go through these kind of bumpy roads. And God, we trust that you will be accompanying us. You are going to walk with us every day in those high and low. 
So God, we just give thanks to you again for your provision, for your goodness, for your generosity. And we give thanks for everything in our life. Thank you, Jesus, for your salvation and for your mercy because you bring hope into our life. In the name, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.